Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and this time of year is just crazy right now. It feels like it's crunch time for conference play, and then the selection show and postseason are starting to feel more real at the same time. The end of the year, in terms of school, is approaching for college softballers. And just for all of us, there's always life, too, to deal with. So thank you for coming back here for another week. Some quick reminders for the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Believe in Softball is also on YouTube. The video is cool. So I would say definitely hit up that channel and subscribe. All right, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll give you some news and updates from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Samantha Card. She played college ball at Pitt, and now she's making waves in the professional world and paying it forward to today's athletes. Pretty cool. Then we'll end things as usual with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us keep going and get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And recently, as I've been watching our game with softball, what kind of pops into my mind over this last week, because things have been so crazy, is just the significance of moments. Senior days are starting. And, and a perfect example of this was Keely Richard's curtain call. It was the final regular season home game, and Virginia Tech was winning. She goes out to the circle in the top of the seventh. There's a pause and a bit of an anticipation, and then they pull her out, Right. And it gives her that moment where she gets a standing ovation. Some Louisville folks were clapping too, by the way. Hugs her coach, hugs her teammates, walks off the field, and just has her moment. And she's one of the best to ever do it for the Hokies, so it was deserved. But it was deserved because it was earned. You know, we talk about how the game pays you back. This is it. So I definitely recommend watch the clip if you haven't seen it. And then when I think about just teams as a whole – Texas A&M took the series from Alabama for the first time in program history. They've been knocking on the door in the SEC, and sometimes, you know what, you just got to break it down, right? What a moment. Stanford, obviously dear to my heart as my alma mater, but just objectively, streak snappers. They broke another top 10 team's 20-plus game win streak. They took the series from number 10 ASU for the first time 
since 2009, which by the way, when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, that was my freshman year. And that was back when we kind of alternated every single weekend. So I remember we played, for example, like that year, a Friday night game in Tucson and then Saturday, Sunday in Tempe. And then later in the season, we played a Friday night game against ASU and then Saturday, Sunday against Arizona for senior day. And that was with Missy Penna and Maddie Kuhn. It was their senior day and we actually swept the Arizonas that weekend. So I remember it fondly, but it was insane that it's been that long. Two weeks prior, they had also broke the 25 game win streak that UCLA had when they were number two in the country and they took that series. And now it shakes things up because UCLA and ASU are tied for first in the pack, literally undefeated against every other team in the conference except for Stanford. And then there's Wisconsin. If we look to the Big Ten, they took the series from Nebraska and they ended their 18-game win streak. These are like two of the top win streaks that existed are now gone. And that shakes things up because Northwestern's now at the top of the Big Ten. And the only thing that separates them is the Huskers canceled game three of their Michigan series. So, so much going on as we start to think about postseason and and everything that's going to happen in May. But what I think about when I when I see these moments is that A&M, Stanford, Wisconsin, they all had a moment, you know, and it's that satisfaction that you have when your hard work and belief is realized. And it maybe it's, you know, being a spoiler, proving some people wrong along the way. But I think more importantly, it's proving yourselves right in those situations, because these are building blocks. When you win a battle, you gain confidence that you can win the war come June in Oklahoma City. But I don't just love the moments for the teams and players who won, but also for the ones who lost. Because these moments are opportunities too. We don't talk about these moments a lot. It's not like they're going to make the highlight reels because they're not fun and they're not pretty, but they are part of the process to get to the good moments, right? Kelly, I talked about this in her episode. She doesn't like failure. Obviously she doesn't like to lose, but she likes what failure creates, which is that resiliency and learning from the hard and it being about what you do next. And to me, sometimes, you know, I think about it as this slingshot analogy. Sometimes in order to shoot something forward, you have to pull it back first, right? And then that tension when you let go is what propels you. So when you look at the teams that lost, Alabama, ASU, Nebraska, in these situations, they can all make these moments into more than just a rough couple of days. They can be the setup for their next success. And that could be, you know, conference tournaments, postseason, whatever's in front of them or any team is dealing with something similar. Those who are tested tend to thrive when it matters. And it starts with these moments. We've seen a lot already. We're only going to see more because that's how it works. (laughs) And someone who knows about important moments like this is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is a Pitt softball alum, MBA graduate, corporate businesswoman, mentor, and author of The Athlete Advantage, Success Beyond Game Day, Samantha Card. Sammy. We did hey, it. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> we finally, we connected. I'm super excited about this. I know. Thanks for having me. I'm, I, I've just seen a lot of uh, your recent episodes, and it's great to see the bandwidth of the softball organization across the, you know, the whole entire from coaches to former players. And uh, I'm honored that you asked me to, to come hang with you. So, Of course. I'm honored that you, that you said yes, <laughs> first of all. And I I mean, this is one of the cool things about the softball community, in my opinion, too. It's like 
we're connected through our friend, right? Like my former Stanford teammate, Maddie Kuhn, is one of your best friends and your travel ball teammate back in the day with the Shamrocks. And we, I've heard about you over the years as like Sammy from Miami, but then I got to actually meet you yeah. at the wedding and, and yeah. now here we are. I know. I'm always going to be Sammy from Miami though. <laughs> I can't do that one. <laughs> it's just part of my personality at this point. So I mean, I love it. I own it, right? I know. I, I know. It. it puts in like an unnecessary like pressure on me, but you know, I hold my own with it. Like you have to be like the life of the party and you're like, sometimes yeah. I just want to chill. Yeah. Which is what we did. We, you and I sat together for a good bit of the night, which was, uh, was great because I was able to kind of connect with you and now we're doing this. So yeah, exactly. See, all for good reasons. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Well, that's, that's the thing I'm excited about after getting to connect with you. I just wanted to learn more about you, like even podcast or no podcast. Yeah. Um, and I think growing up with sports, right? Like that's been a huge part of your life and a huge part of a lot of people's lives who listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And you had the travel ball experience pit, then you went on to be a professional, like, and now here you are like launching your own business. So this is, there's a lot in your journey, but I guess starting with kind of growing up with sports mm -hmm. and maybe your why, you know, like what, what is it about, you know, from being that young kid to now, you know, I always say sports is the common language across the globe, right? I don't care if you're a successful business person, you're doing blue collar work, uh, you're in sports full time. It's a common ground, no matter if you know the different languages that you, you can be on the same footing and connect with people. So sports has always been that for me. It was my end all be all, right? It was my solitude. It was my escape. I didn't know anything outside of it, though, because I wanted to perform at the highest levels and I really didn't have any peripherals on. It was really ball on Saturdays, play year round. I didn't have vacations and things like that. But I never felt like I was really sacrificing. It just was a part of who I was and it became a part of like my DNA and identity. So as ever, I wanted to, you know, play D1 sports. Um, and I also was like a very serious, um, academic person. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I definitely wanted to play in the Olympics. Like I wanted to aspire to that level, but at the same token, I also was very well balanced in saying scholar athlete is the culmination of both a scholar and an athlete. So I literally took the hardest classes. I majored in chemistry at the university of Pittsburgh, big research institution, has a lot of science backed um, and tied to a lot of hospitals. So for me, Pitt was a perfect fit for maybe going business, maybe going on the pharma side, med school, whatnot. And, you know, sports was that avenue to get me in the door. And, you know, you said something on your previous podcast that stuck with me, and it was about the game paying it back, you know? And that hit me because I think no matter who you are and at what level you've been able to perform at, sports, you have to give back, right? And it got me in the door and it also garnered critical skill sets that carried me into business, quite honestly, that I didn't have the luxury to have internships. I didn't have any work, traditional work experience, right? So I had to tap into this skill set that I've amassed my whole entire life and just package it a little bit differently. And then I started to catapult up the ladder so much so that I said, hold on, I need to start giving back. 
because I had athletes that I was mentoring and I kind of took for granted that I thought they just knew, right? Because for me, this was all normal, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't normal. My progression was not normal in any sense. So much so that now I mentor full time and I still run, you know, a corporate business and and getting ready to publish a book to give all those tools back and um, donate uh, to scholarships for athletes in the future. It's just so awesome. Like, and I was going to ask you like, so chemistry. I know. And now here's what you're doing, right? Like, but that happens to so many people because that is that point in your life where you're like, well, I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do. And that's why it sounds like what you did is the right thing, which is, hey, let me put myself in an environment that is going to give me a good just purview of everything that any path I could take so that I can choose from there. And it's like nice to have options, but sometimes it's pressure filled to have those options. And chemistry is like a tough one to be like, hey, that's just going to be the degree that affords me flexibility because it's tough. I had to play and take tests on planes sometimes because there is no, you get an extra day or you have to take it earlier. And I was okay with that because I liked that my professors did treat me like the rest because that's what I always wanted, right? In the academic world, I was the jock. In the athletic world, I was the nerd. So I kind of had this like weird back and forth with it. But what's crazy about it is when I graduated and got my MBA, I literally got a job within 27 days working for a Fortune 100 company, Honeywell at the time. And I went into one of their chemical divisions in the ag business. So I was utilizing my chemistry degree. It was just in a different way. And obviously, I was utilizing my my business side because... I didn't have the traditional work experience, but afforded me a lot of tools that I could then combine them both. So it, it, I did use them uh, quite extensively. But that's the thing is where you're able to use those things, whether it's lessons, skills, whatever it is that you gain mm-hmm. in different ways. Like it's not like you have to follow an existing blueprint. Exactly. It's helpful to know other people. Like it's great now that you're able to share like what your blueprint has been, mm-hmm. but it's almost like, but okay, here's an example. Now, like, this is an example, though, of how you can do things however you want. Yeah. And that means you can do it however you want for whoever that new person is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I, I've always struggled with is the one size fits all. Everyone mm. always wants the package. If you follow these five steps, you will garner business success. And look, there are a lot of great themes out there. But you know what? Everyone's different. Everyone can different have a different parallel path. And there is no right or wrong. And you can customize what's important to you when you need it. And guess what? Life happens. And as an athlete, we know what it's like to improvise, pivot, and navigate. So all I'm saying is you know how to do it. You understand situational leadership because you've done it. You have to look at the field of play, make decisions very fast, and get it done, garner results. Why can't you just package it differently? Like don't, don't, they're not separate. They're, they're one in the same. They just look a little different, you know? So for me, that's where I had to change my mindset because I had a full blown identity crisis when I graduated. I looked left and right and I said, I have this fancy chemistry degree. Now now what? It was like 2009, the market was terrible economically. So it's like, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't know life. I, I didn't know what life outside of sports was. And I was able to get through it. And I just want others to see that there is no one size fits all. And it's okay. Feel all the feels and deal with it head on. You know what I mean? And that's I think yep. where people go sideways because they're looking at the end result 
And I say, no, 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 no. Look at the journey, figure out what you need to parallel path. And then you'll get here, you know? Completely. The identity crisis is so real, oh, yeah. especially when you know, which is the case with a lot of a lot of college athletes, but specifically women too, where, okay, my college career is ending. That means that my time with this sport as an active athlete is ending. Right. So like, it's like, I'm not a student anymore, nor am I an athlete anymore. So what is going on? But I think what's so great about like our conversations is that I feel like it really hits home that you kind of, you always are the athlete. Yep. You're just expressing it in different ways. Yeah. And, you know, I think we, a good way to think about it is we always think that we don't have the experience set or we're always the rookie, right? If it feels uncomfortable where you're really not, because if you think mm. about business, a lot of times business corporations talk sports analogies and you walk <laughs> the walk on it. It's like, you're the most experienced one in the room because you actually have been in the situation, right? So like if a CEO comes to me and says, I just need a single, I know exactly what that means. Where yeah. others may not because they may be more inclined to understand soccer or, but for me, I, I've walked that, right? So like baseball, softball analogies are huge. Uh, you know, the Hail Marys, Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, hit it out of the park. I need a home run. Right. I mean, those come up all the time. And I always just say, don't, don't just because traditional work experience isn't on your resume. That's okay. It's very uncomfortable. Cause I was looking at a resume that was super blank, no doubt. Yeah. But I had experiential learning and experiential learning is huge because guess what? It closes the gap on the leadership qualities that are required in corporate America on uh, how to win and how to garner teams to get on the boat and go. You know what I mean? So yeah, for me, the sports analogies thing, I hadn't thought of it like that. Meaning like, guys, we're the ones that they're, they're making these analogies yeah. about. I hadn't thought of it quite in that way, but you're so right. I can even give you an example. When I, after I graduated and finished like my co-term, I got my master's copied Maddie Coon, got the same, <laughs> did the same program after that. Yeah. I went to LinkedIn mm -hmm. and one of the, you know, every corporate place has like their jargon, but they also have their values. Um, but one thing that people would always refer to was if you either finished a project mm -hmm. and it was kind of on to the next thing, mm -hmm. or if you were finishing your time at LinkedIn, their big thing was, well, we want you to be, you know, we want your growth to not only just be this like gradual up and to the right growth, but like a hockey stick growth. Mm -hmm. And we want you to leave better than you were when you came in. Right. And so their thing was, well, you'd be moving on to your next play, mm -hmm. like whatever that next play is. And and it could be a project, again, could be a career move, but it was like, all right, next play. Yep. And that was like, I was like, oh yeah, I get it. Some people were like, wait, I don't understand. What does next play mean? And I was like, oh, like this is very inherent to me. Yeah, and I think the other thing, um, which is great, is our ability to focus on one thing. Mm. When we're up to bat, you can tell a great hitter from a phenomenal hitter by their approach to the plate. Yes. You know if they're in the front of the box or you can see it in their eyes. There's different energy. There's different intentionality that you know if they're a good hitter or not. You know what I mean? And the same applies in corporate America. The same applies in any business endeavor you may want to do. Small, big, it doesn't matter. Your approach, your intentionality, and going 
all in, not all out. They're two very different things on one thing gets you where you want actually faster than trying to multitask 50 things, right? So if you go all out, all out means for a period of time, right? All in means 150% until you get that one thing done. Mm. You know what I mean? So those are two very different things that I always used to be like, oh, I'm going to go all out. You know, I'm going to go all out on all this stuff. And then I was like, well, I'm getting pulled here. I'm getting pulled there. And I have an urgency to get things done because I'm an athlete. I like to win. I'm competitive. (laughs) But then I started to realize the value in taking a step back, right? Letting the game slow down and say, I'm going to focus on that one thing. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to finish it, finish it at the highest and best. And then I get to move on to something which is actually faster than if I parallel path 50 million things at one time. So that was one of my biggest like ahas. I mean, see these types of distinctions, like this is where I start to nerd out, right? Because I'm like, yes, because there's little new, the little things, right? Like they make a really big difference. Just even just a quick mental adjustment. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of the first time I came across the concept of working smart versus working hard, you know, like needing to do both. And there's a time for one and a time for the other. And but understanding the difference in the, all of these types of situations is the first step. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'll take it a step further on your working, you know, smarter, not harder. Sometimes you have to work harder, not smarter and mm-hmm. fail. Because mm. as athletes, I always, this is what I always say. I'm like, we like to win. It's fantastic. But we also know what a loss feels like. I mean, shoot, even Oklahoma now knows what a loss feels like, right? <laughs> Very true. For me, I'm saying, listen, fail often like you do in the weight room on a max rep. You have to find your thresholds and you have to test them out every now and then. I'm not saying you have to do it all the time, but you're never going to go where you need to go or want to go until you take that first step towards failing. The difference between failing is just fail fast. Don't tolerate a problem because sometimes we think, oh, we can change it. We can fix it. And that could be a business relationship, that could be a personal relationship, that could be anything. And what happens is is we feel like we can fix things because we're athletes. We know how to garner wins. But in reality, you need to work smarter, not harder, right? And realize that, hold on a minute, being an athlete is a business. So I kind of know business, even though I'm pretending like I don't. I just have to repackage it, right? And then you start, okay, let me focus on one thing. Let me go all in. And then you start to put all these pieces together and you're like, hold on a minute. I am the brand. Now you're just talking different. You see what I'm saying? And you shift your mentality and then other people around you, they feed off of it. Yeah. You know? So for me, that those are my big, like my big things that really helped me understand people, you know? Yeah. And people love stories Mm -hmm. because you're touching on something that was somewhat of an aha moment for me when I made that transition from athlete to professional was understanding just how important it is to tell your own story. Mm -hmm. But to tell your own story, you have to understand and know what your story is. Mm -hmm. And that takes some time to kind of reflect internally and understand the big picture and connect those dots, like you're saying, and repackage it in a way that makes sense for you and that that you think can resonate. But that is actually a huge part of being a professional. And it's not even your actual job that you have at the time, you know? Well, and you know, I don't know what your feeling is on this. It'd be great to, to get your sense, but the whole fake it till you make it, I don't like that. <laughs> you want to know why? 
I just want you to feel all the feels and I want you to be vulnerable to understand what base state looks like and be honest about it. Let's not put on a show because we want to look a certain way or, you know, you're actually nervous about the picture and you're, you know, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Like just be present. We're always so worried about people's perception or that next thing. Worry about the today thing because the today thing makes you focus on the reality, the present, and that's what garners your results for tomorrow. You know, so yeah. we'll fake it to you, make it, I get it because it's stuff that like as athletes, we feed and fuel ourselves to like pump our like beast mode up. But at the same token, it also is one of the areas where we can do better because if we don't be vulnerable, right. And have that like moment of holy moly, maybe like, I'm not really at the level that I thought I was, but everyone else thinks you know, it, it really just, it changes yeah. the trajectory of where you need and can go. Yes. I No, I agree with you. Because for me, authenticity is really important. Like, I think it's just a core value that I hold in life, mm-hmm. you know, so that translates to everything. Mm-hmm. So it's the fake it part. You can fail until you make it, right? Like, that's fine. But to what you're saying, it's like, why do we have to sugarcoat or kind of hide what this process is? I don't think that serves the individual or anyone around them, right? Because we can all benefit from seeing each other's process of course. as well. And that's, yeah, that's I think that's a really good point. Book, right? Because leadership in my mind is really defined by looking left and right and having people at your level or better or giving them the tool sets to be ahead of you. I want someone to take my job. I want someone to take my role. I want someone to be better than me. Why? Because then they raise that bar. That is true mm-hmm. leadership. If I am the only one successful in my peer group, I'm not successful. Right? So yeah. for me, it's about giving the unfiltered how I did it, where I failed miserably, where I excelled like times 10 and make it your own. Do it better yeah. than I did because now you have information that I didn't have, but you're leveraging me. Everyone thinks leverage yeah. is a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's a great word. You know, I love leverage. Yeah. So yeah, I, for me, it's just, it's all about making people better around you, but also closing the gap the right way. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of teams sometimes play down to competition. Right. And I'm saying, hold on a minute, keep this caliber, get them to play up to you. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And, And I think a lot of times our A ones or day ones or whatever, our friends relationships will do this. And I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're bringing yourself down. You're up here. Why are you coming down? Bring them up. And if they're yeah. not ready to come up, that's okay. It, it, you can't force someone to be in a position, right? Or, you know, someone on the field. You can't force them to make the big play. They've got to have the desire, the grit, the want, the capacity to do it. They can practice yeah. all day, but they've got to do it when the time comes. You can't force them to make that play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and you talked about something earlier that this is, it's bringing it back to the forefront of my mind too, which is you can tell when a hitter is good just on their approach. Oh yeah. Because I I think what athletes do a good job of, and if we translate this to the professional world, this work is controlling the controllables. Oh yeah. Because there are so many things you can't control. Sports is a great example for many things, but that in particular, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when you compare it to just life. 
So all you can do as a hitter, I don't know what pitch they're going to throw. So all I can do is, is control my approach. Like what is my stance going to be? Let me be on time. Mm-hmm. Let me have a good, you know, mental state, effort, attitude, all of those things. And then keep to your point. It's like you either you garner some success or you fail and you get better, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, that's all that you can control. So to your point, like not playing down to a team. Yeah. You can control what effort and like what kind of energy you bring to that game. You shouldn't be playing the name game. That's like one of the few things that you can actually dictate. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the areas where like freshmen and sophomores, right. They're like, Oh, well I'm a rookie. And then you have the rare ones that are just phenoms and they'll like step up right into their roles, right? You have those always. The difference, in my opinion, between a freshman and a sophomore and a junior and a senior, I don't care if it's football, baseball, softball, lacrosse, soccer, it doesn't matter, is one, the experience of being able to make changes within the game. Okay? So don't wait four bats or one game later. Freshman and sophomore, they have a first up at bat that's not good, or they missed a penalty kick, or they missed that catch, they dropped coverage. It's like the end of the world, right? Because they're in their feelings and they haven't been able to manage their reactivity and their response. Whereas juniors and seniors, they understand that this is part of it. And all you need to do is worry about that next play, that one thing. And that's the big difference between the hitters, you know, in the senior and junior years versus the, the freshman and sophomore years, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think those upperclassmen tend to be good at something else that you touched on, which is learning from other people. Like you're saying, okay, here's, let me show athletes. Like, let me provide what worked for me, what didn't, Mm -hmm. where I failed, where, where I succeeded, all these things you can like, they can almost, they can learn that from you, but it reminds me of, you know, when you're playing a game, Mm -hmm. if you're in the order, let's say you're the seven hitter in a lineup, you get to watch and take in mentally six at bats Mm -hmm. before you ever step into the box. You know, it's like, yes, you weren't up there literally to see those pitches, but you can see the sequence. You can, there's a lot of information that you can learn Mm -hmm. before you ever even get there. And that's, I think the point it's like, well, here you are, you're those first six batters for that seven hitter who's ready to come up now. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's so true. I mean, and, and it's also having the courage to be able to ask the batters ahead of you. Yes. Well, what, what was your approach? see what their approach is because there's one thing to see the sequence of pitches another to understand how they approached it versus the actual results driven from that at bat yeah someone can say oh i'm gonna be aggressive on the first pitch and they're just gonna swing at the first pitch even if it's good or bad they're just swinging and you know i'll tell you i had days like that where i just like that first pitch i was going for the fence because i'm like "Hmm, i've got two other two other strikes that i can you know whatever you know so for me that was my approach. Always aggressive because I'm an aggressive hitter. I'm an offensive hitter. I'm not a defensive hitter. I don't want to walk. I want to hit, you know? And that was always my approach. So if I wanted to do that, I would stand in front of the box. I would get things before they would break. I would work on my hands-eye coordination because I'm like, if I'm going to be at the front before a pitch breaks and see the spin in a different way, I need to catch it fast. I don't have the luxury to be in the back of the box, but... I get it before it breaks, you know? So it's like, there's always pluses and minuses to these things. So, Yeah, totally. I, I think of that similarly. Cause I used to, for example, I, I had good hands and I liked inside pitches. So I'd get up on the plate a little bit. Cause I'm like, well, I can handle these pitches, mm-hmm. you know, let me work on the outside pitches. But you know what, that, that makes me 
think of is I would love to know your thoughts on how do you balance playing to your strengths, but also still trying to make your weaknesses a little bit better? That's a good question. So now are you talking more offensively or defensively or just like in general? I kind of just mean in general, even like in business and life, whatever, but however it just like comes together for you in your head. Okay. So I have an acronym I use. Um, everyone has an acronym they use, but I really do. They're helpful. That's I why. I live by it. I live by yeah. it. Yeah. So it's called, you know, so I always say feel all the feels, right? Control the controls. You said it, which is great. It made me smile. Um, but it's when I say feel the feels, I'm talking about like pain, right? Prepare yourself arm yourself, improvise and navigate. If you can do those four things, you're set. Okay. So let's focus on the question you asked me about how do you hone in on your strengths and further kind of exasperate that? But then how do you like handle the areas where you're not so great? That's what the A is arm yourself. This is where athletes struggle, right? Because, oh, no one can do it better than me or I can learn it. And it's take me more time to teach someone else then, you know, just, you know how it is. So yeah, it's yeah. an area where I struggled quite a bit in business and I was working harder, not smarter for a very long time. But what I started to realize was, hold on a minute. I have certain athletic abilities, determination, consistency, first in, last out. I know how to win. I know how to simplify. I know how to break complex things down to a very simplistic way right? I know how to talk up executively. I know how to talk to my peers one-on-one. So, okay, that's my strength. But I'm always moving so quick that sometimes I don't get to that granular detail that probably weren't something that could have changed this outcome over here in a different way. So what I started to realize was I don't have to be an expert in all things. Could I get to the granular view? Yes, of course. I'm an athlete. I can do anything I want to do because that's my headspace. The difference is, is do I need to? Is that in mm. my innate strong skill sets that I can learn? And is that learning curve and gap the juice worth the squeeze? Or do you build the team? Because in order to scale at the highest levels and drive business results, you can't do it by yourself. So you might as well find where you're strong and where you're weak and bring other people in to facilitate the common good. You know what I mean? And that's where athletes, once you figure that out and say, okay, there is no I in team and you're okay with that. But I always stress there's an M and an E in it. You can't be good for the team until you know what you are, what you bring to the table. Right. You know? So that's my perspective on it. Well, I think it goes back to like when we think about personal relationships too, whether you're a parent or you're in a romantic relationship, whatever it is, it's like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Um, So you have to have yourself kind of unlocked and taken care of first before you can really truly be a good teammate. Yeah. And in in corporate America, so let's let's break down a business example that we all can, can resonate with, okay? As athletes, we fly across the country, we play so many different types of um, you know, programs and whatnot. Okay. If something's happening with the plane and oxygen masks come down, what's, what, what do you hear? Um, what do you hear? They like the air airline attendants say, 
Yep. And put your own mask on first. That's one of my favorites. Yep. So you put your mask on first, then you help other people. Because if you don't, then you're going to go down and croak (laughs) and you're saving someone else and you may not even get that right. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of value in that, that in business, it's not about being selfish. It's about putting your own mask on making sure that you're bringing in the right, you know, breath of air and you're, you're understanding what base state is. You're calming yourself down. You're not making decisions when you're happy, when you're sad, you're even keeled. And then you look around the room and you start putting other masks on. Yep. So, yep. Now I, I love that example because it's just such a tangible, it's like, Oh, well, yep. <laughs> Everyone's heard that, right? Everyone gets it. Right. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's for me, I love it for business but also personal relationships because, you know, in order to be successful, this is not like, okay, you have the business over here and you have your personal over here and you have your sports over here or, you know, I don't want to just have my brunch friends. Listen, my friends are my friends all the time. You know, it's not, I don't have, I don't compartmentalize like parts of my life, you know, and, and you need to understand and apply these tools to, every bit of it because your personal life, your family, your background, they create biases for you, which exude mm-hmm. out of you, whether you want to believe it or not, in every interaction that you have and in every interaction in life you have is an interview. I don't care if it's a personal interview. I don't care if it's a professional interview. You are the brand. And every time you open your mouth, your brand comes out. Yeah. You don't get to have an off day as an athlete. You just don't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Right. Like, and, and as a, I think a, a human, though, it's like we don't get a day off of humaning, right. you know? Like, no, we have to, and it doesn't mean we show up our best every single day, but there is at some level you had to show up, you know? Yeah. I mean, and you're hearing it a lot, right? With athletes, there's a lot of pressure, right? I, I mean, it's tough. Because you want to perform at the highest levels. You want to be the scholar and scholar athlete. You want to win all these games. You want to represent a university. Now you have name and likeness, right? You have all these things hitting you. And guess what? It gets heavy. You know, it it really does get heavy. And one of the biggest things that is, is quintessential to being able to survive it, right? It's everyone's going to have some component of it happen to them in their life. All you got to do is slow the game down. Take one piece, one bite at a time. Stop trying to figure out the end result, right? Really focus on where you are today. Simplify. Everybody always wants to go to the extreme on solving the problem. I just want to simplify. And sometimes, sometimes you just need to survive the day, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And I think as athletes, it's tough for us to have that mentality, but it's, it's really important because we don't get to have an off day. Our off day is like 90%. If not, someone takes our spot. Yeah. You know? It's true. Same, same in corporate America, to be honest with you, in business. It's a good, healthy competition, right? If you have the backbone for it. Because yeah. you have so many different types of people. Some that were not athletes that have always wanted to be an athlete. Or someone who, you know, is just intense of a personality. Or someone who's maybe a little bit more timid, but they have a lot of value and you need to figure out how to flex, you know, and and be able to balance all of those things because everyone has value. Everyone brings value. It's just at what capacity on the team 
does their skill set come true the best way? Right. And you do see that in any team. It's like, well, someone has certain strengths. The other one has other strengths. Personality management is a thing. And there is such a thing too, right? There is such a thing too as, you know, when, hey, when we're like in the trenches together between the white lines, nothing that happened outside of this field or the stadium or wherever matters. Oh, yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean that like you might just be like super good friends with somebody off the field and then, but there's someone else on the field that you just like work really well with it. And that's okay. You know, like it's, everybody's unique. So unique relationships come out of that. Yeah. I mean, look, not everyone in life is going to be your best friend. That's okay. Yeah. You know, and that's part of growing up. Right. So like, as you grow up, you want everyone to like you, you want to have the older you get, your circle starts to get smaller. And it's not because you're tough to deal with. It's what it's, it's, you're trying to focus all in yeah, on your corner, right? Because what you want to do is you want to bring everybody up. It's that closing the gap. It all kind of comes true. And what you want to do is you want to be, you know, with your friends at the highest degree possible. And you can't be that to everyone because everyone's going to have an opinion about something, you know? So (laughs) Always. Yeah. You go deep, not just wide yeah, at that point. That's that, important that is definitely, yeah, that's like, that is, I feel like you're right. That is kind of that sign of maturity mm-hmm. really, you know, when you learn that like quality is better than quantity. Like we, we know these kind of things, but to actually grasp them truly, you know, is the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that I think is also cool about the way that you're talking about this mm-hmm. is Oftentimes, you know, sometimes people and hey, I had my days where I felt this way too when I was going through this transition, right? And you're like, just give me the answers, you know, (laughs) like I don't know what's going on. Please, somebody just tell me what to do, right? But the way that you frame a lot of this is is not to do that, but rather to ask people the questions so that they can get to the answers on their own. This is like top level therapists do this, right? (laughs) Where I know honestly, it's funny you say that. I am big on human behavior. I probably should have majored in it in psychology because I am so fascinated. This is a science nerd in me, right? I'm I'm fascinated about how people are wired because people are important. People are what drive everything in order to be successful in business, in order to be successful on the field, outside of individual sports, but even so you have a team around you, right? You have to understand what triggers you, how you react and how you respond. That all starts here. Okay. And how you are wired and everyone is wired differently. And what you have to start realizing is stop creating scenarios in which you convince yourself how someone wants to be treated, treat someone how they want to be treated, not your perception of what you think it is. And the only way to do it, number one, is to ask straight away. Or if you are the recipient of someone asking you, you need to have the time and the wherewithal to sit down by yourself and go below the surface. Because as athletes, we say surface level. It's safe. Right. Right. And what I always stress is you have to ask yourself six whys. It's a big science thing, right? Like when you're doing experiments, you kind of garner root cause analysis all the way down. Okay. And in order to really understand what is the true root cause, what is the the true deep rooted aspect, you need to get to the sixth why, because the first three to four surface level, you're trying to skate around it. Once you get to like five, six, now you're really at something, 
you know, which then you learn about yourself on what you compartmentalized or what you weren't willing to show, but is kind of oozing out of you in different ways subconsciously that then you're like, holy smokes, this is what, this is what's held me back. You know? So I'm big on me. It was, oh my gosh, me too. You have no idea how happy this is making me. Like in, in college, like I was a communication major, I studied media studies for my master's, but I was also a psychology minor. And some of my, yeah, some of my favorite classes were like social psychology, Mm -hmm. cultural psychology, right? Like developmental psychology. There are so many different pieces to it that are just fascinating with how we work. And the thing is, is we always have to manage ourselves Mm -hmm. at minimum to understand how we work, right? But then there's also the people in our lives. So it's like really understanding human behavior and how we all interact is core to our existence. If we want to, if I'm getting that deep with it, you know, honestly, that's my, my personal differentiator. There's one thing to have kind of the athlete advantage. What I talk about is utilizing the 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 critical skill sets you've amassed that as an athlete, you know, right. And, and, you know, in the book, I kind of lay them out and it's like, you lift, you do all these things. You put the right team in place around you to garner the skills, right? Like things that are really applicable to business. But for me, my personal differentiator is the human connectivity and Mm -hmm. never breaking a bridge and understanding that sometimes I had to spend the extra time if someone felt like I was driving something on the business side that was stepping on their life legacy understanding that I am younger and there may be a cultural perception of me being a female and younger. And instead of being defensive, turn that around and change my fixed mentality to say, hold on a minute. This is a cultural aspect that is ingrained in somebody. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just a reality thing. So right. let me understand the chess game instead of saying, I am, you know, a woman, hear me roar. I love that. No doubt. Yeah. But there's a time and place because there's the emotional, empathetic leadership aspect that we need to hone in every year, every month, every chance we get because people change. It's yeah. not a one size fits all. So that's been my differentiator to be able to catapult and get people to come up with me at a really young age. I think that's a really good point. See, I mean, I feel like I keep saying that for everything you're saying. So, (laughs) but I I do, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's, it's hard too, because it's like, we learn it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. Cause at first you're like, Oh, I didn't even know the questions to ask myself. So now I know the questions to ask. And then it's like, okay, figuring out what are the answers and there are probably multiple layers to answers. And then it's like, well, what do I do with that information? Like there's such a long Mm -hmm process that goes into this. Um, and I feel like with the conversations we've had and and the conversations you're having with athletes, it's kind of getting into all of that process and recognizing that it is a process because I think it's easy for us. Again, we like that, like, Oh, the first time I swung a bat, it it felt great. So that's just what I want to do. And it's like, well, it's going to have hard moments, you know? Yeah. You know, it's crazy though. Um, it took me a really long time to realize that my goals weren't really goals. My goals were the today thing that I could hit because I wanted to win. I never put stretch in it. Right. Or it was all around like excelling at sports at the highest level, which was great because like that really was my, my life, you know? So I, I can understand why I was fixed on that, but goals are so much bigger. Goals 
are a contract. This is not like a choice. When you put something on paper and you write it, one of the biggest things I tell every athlete that I interface with, whether I formally or informally mentor them, I say, write it down. Yes. Frame it, sign it, reward yourself when you hit it, right? So it's not just about it being there. Put the date. And then even more importantly, reward yourself, reward others around you because people like to do things for others that makes them feel good, especially like football players, basketball players when they go to like the NFL, the NBA, even like the MLB. I've I've noticed that more in like male sports that they they want to take everybody with them or they want to buy this, they want to buy that. And that's okay. You can do it. But let it be because you hit a huge milestone that is part of your contract. And it shifts your mentality and and how you approach it and the seriousness. It's your most important contract that you will ever have, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting concept to to think about for anyone in terms of goal setting. I'm I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to goal setting also because – I'm with you where it's like, there are a lot of layers to this. We should write this down. I'm a big note taker anyway, right? I'm a nerd. Um, But, you know, to me, I'm like, the only way that you can improve anything, and I I don't care if it's work, sports, whatever, you have to understand the current state (laughs) to even know where you want to go, right? So to me, there's that. But also something that um, like Stanford football does, for example, Mm -hmm. when they do their goal setting individually and as a team, they call them goal ladders because it's not just oh, here's like the start point. Here's the end point. It's just A to B. That's all we need to cover. It's like, no, there's a ladder to this. Like, how are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. That I think, and, and you've hit on that, which I think is very crucial. Yeah. And I, I um, in the book itself, right? So I have, I have an audible, right? So you can hear it from my voice, yes. which is pretty cool because I actually did it. It was insane. Um, but the <laughs> awesome. book itself has activation where you can write in it. Right. I didn't want yeah. this to just be something you have and then you put in the bookshelf. It's going to be a continuous improvement document that you can leverage different activations in. One being the actual goals part of it, right? And making it a contract. The second piece of it is really honing in on your reactivity and your response. So learning about who you are, why you matter, and what makes you tick and how you react to different scenarios, whether it be personal or professional. And then how do others, your peer sets, think you are 80% of the time? And then how do your coaches and mentors think you are? Then you have the dialogue. So now I have a perception of what I think, but now I'm going to go talk to my peer or teammate and or my coach or my mentor. Let me see if I'm aligned here. Let's not wait to a mid-year or a full year cycle or your quarter cycle, depending on, you know, what corporate environment you're in, business or even sports, right? after spring ball or fall ball or whatever, what it does is it forces you to drive the conversation. And guess what? It changes every year. So every year you should be going back in and seeing how you're moving and where you're moving, you know? So that's part of some of the stuff that's in the book that I'm like super excited for people to try miserably fail and try again (laughs) because like it's uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, of course it's, no one said it was going to be fun. They just said it was going to be worth it. Right. But that's, see, now my nerd brain keeps going because it's like you have, not only do you have the dialogue, you have the data in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's longitudinal. So it's like over time you can see how that improves or changes or what happens. Um, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I think what's cool about it is it doesn't stop there. Right. And then I'm going to travel to different programs and we're going to drill down 
in a more granular fashion on very specific topics. And I'm going to bring other experts. Guess what? We just talked about arming yourself. I'm not an expert in every single thing. I know enough to be dangerous, but I also know there's other people better in the human behavior game and the psych game. I know there's better financial experts. Am I good in the finance world? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm able to do what I'm doing. But there's other people who understand structure in a different way that I should be bringing to the table. So we have diversity and different perspectives of thought to figure out what your customizable plan looks like. If it's just me saying it, what does that really do? Right? I want to have a dialogue. I want to have thoughtful debate. I actually like that because then we're at a common ground where we're learning. Right. You know? So, yeah, I'm excited. Well, you're practicing what you preach, which is, you know, not everyone does that, firstly. But it's like you're talking about like these team environments and things, but you're like, you have a team, right? Like, it's like that simple th- fact that actually makes a, a world yeah. of difference. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just so many things as athletes that we're exposed to. I think what we just need to do is bring it to the surface. So then there's a comfortable grounding of, oh, wait, she's not making this up. You know, like, all right, trying to know what she's saying. Like, I get it, right? And it's going to take a little bit. Someone's not going to just believe me just because I'm me and I can speak and I'm authentic and whatever it may be that, you know, what, whatever channel puts out, I want to have like an honest journey with someone. I'm in this thing forever, right? I'm not a, I'm coming to help you for one time and then leaving. No, I want to give back. I want to create endowments. I want these programs to be self-sustaining where it's a forever safe space and community where you can tap in because guess what? You may be at the pinnacle, but everybody has times where they, they fall a little bit. And you need to have a resource and an outlet in a safe space that understands your thinking, your mentality, who you are, why you matter. And that's yeah. my end goal in all, in all of this is to provide that community and safe space. That was going to be my next question because I constantly see you talking about it's a forever thing. Oh, yeah. It's And this is what you mean by that. Oh, yeah. I mean... When I formally mentor someone, let's just talk on the formal sense. This isn't a, oh, you have four years with me and then like off you go. This is a, let me help you get there. Let's get you there. Let's stay connected and find ways for then you to give back. Right. Let me give you access if you want to change careers or if there's an opportunity for you to come speak right? From your experiences, you know, for, for me, it's, it really is a forever thing. And, and it's not just as an athlete, it's as a human being, like you can't give up on people just because they're past their four to six years, depending if they take COVID, you know, like, what is that? That's not, that's not true coaching and mentorship. Mentorship never goes away. I'm the culmination of people that have mentored me for 10, 15, 20 years And I'm great friends with them still. And I give back 10 times to them because in my mind, I'm in debt because they gave me that first door. You know, it's a forever thing. So that's, that's, that's what I mean when I say it. Yeah. And it's not linear. It's a cycle, you know, and different cycles intertwined and all, all the things, you know, and I think that's awesome because the timing of, of our conversation right now too is interesting because you think about like these college seniors, let's say. Mm -hmm who are on the brink of going through what, what we went through and what so many go through. 
and not even just the seniors, even, you know, even anyone in college or just thinking about their future. And this, this is the kind of stuff where I feel like this ages me, right? We start to get to that point where we're like, well, back in my day, we didn't have that. And it's like, wish I would have had that, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, no, it drives me nuts. Cause I'm like at that point and it, you know, it's good. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're at the point to get back. That's the way I position. Exactly. <laughs> Which is fine. That's great. You know, that's great. But I, I do want you to share too, like <laughs> so many gems you've dropped, but even more in the book and on your website. So please share with listeners, viewers, how we can get a hold of more from you. Yeah. So I published, I'm so excited, my hardback cover on the 26th. So we want it to become a bestseller in multiple categories. Uh, 10% of my book proceeds are going to actually self-fund student athletes, future businesses, even more, right? Which is so crazy because I feel like some of these athletes are sleeping on this. Is yeah. It's not about just giving the money. It's about also setting up their structure. So I intend to take that money, put it in a brokerage, let their money appreciate as they work to perform at the highest level in sports and help parallel path their business plan with them. Not just here's money, go figure it out. I'm in it right. with them and we're letting their money grow um, at the same token. So the hardback comes out, uh, like I said, tomorrow on the 26th through the 28th is where I get bestseller and I'm like really hoping for it. And then the Audible, I'm launching the following week okay. um, because I think it's really important to also hear it. So like if you're running and stuff like that, it, it's a it's a different energy. It was kind of crazy oh. to hear myself, but yeah, it, it really makes you pause, reflect. And my ultimate goal here is... If you can retain 10, 15% of it, when I come and speak and we create these endowments and we create this safe space, we just only have so much room to grow from there, right? You're not going to be able to retain everything, but it's a tool, right? It's a tool you add in your toolbox. It is not going to be your end all be all, but it'll be a great starting point for you to start questioning maybe what you have or have not done. And you can always reach out to me and I'm really in this. And I'm also going to be creating a team of other future athletes uh, to be able to help and give back 10 times. That is awesome. I'm I'm super excited for the Audible because it is my new thing to like listen to podcasts and do that stuff when I run, Mm -hmm. which I didn't used to. It was like all about the music, but it is awesome. So I can't wait for that. And people can also go to samanthacard.com just to check out everything that you have going on, right? Yeah. So yeah, samanthacard.com. It's, uh, you know, if there's speaking engagements and different uh, promotional things going up there. And as I travel to the different programs and, and whatnot, I'll be filming some stuff and we'll decide if we want to turn it into a podcast and stuff. So I'm super excited. You know, I just listen, I want to give so much value. um, And it's not about hiding anything. It's about getting it out there, giving the information and let's create the safe space and community to to learn from each other. So ultimately, that's, uh, that's the end game here. And oh, yeah, 30% of my full business proceeds are going to fund endowments across the NCAA. So I'm excited. I know. So, so incredible. Oh, I just love this. This is so exciting. I'm so happy to be a very, very, very small part of, no, of this process part. for you. you- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but just, it's just cool. You know, I mean, when we talk about like supporting each other mm-hmm. as well through the process, like this is a perfect example of that. And, and I love it. I remember saying like, Hey, want to come on my podcast? Like, you know, it's just this little thing I do on the side. I remember you were like, no, don't sell it. Tell yourself short like that. Like what you do is awesome. And I was like, Thank you. You're right. I should like, you know what I mean? So like, I just, I love this energy. (laughs) 
Well, no, it's about the game paying it forward. Like I'm telling you, when you said that, I just was, wow. Like that you should, that's your slogan. You should be saying that all the time. It's okay. Fantastic. You know, I should, but no, I mean, you're, to make you're, that doing, um, you're doing a great job because you're really giving a safe space for different pieces of sports to come in, have a nice dialogue, hit on different topics that are relevant and it's going to only grow from here. So I'm, I'm honored to be a guest, uh, you know, a friend and uh, I look forward to more. This is probably the first of many. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I I'm thank you. I appreciate it. I'm right there with you. And I would honestly talk to you all day. Like we did when, when I saw you for the wedding. So I would do it again. But I also want to respect your time because you got a lot going on this week. So I did want to wrap up the way I do with every guest, okay. which is a game called Safer Out. And if you've listened to the podcast, so this might sound familiar a little bit, but basically I'll just bring up some topics. And if you like them or agree with them, you'll call them safe. If you don't, you'll call them out. Makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> some people get nervous. Some people are fine. It's like totally fun. You know, relax. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> You're an athlete, so you can yeah. do it. <laughs> Um, so the first one is cold email outreach, like just shooting your shot professionally or in any way, <laughs> safer out. Safe. I agree. What's your like quick thought as to why you say safe? All you need is one yes. Mm. It's very true. And, and if you don't shoot your shot, like the answer is automatically no versus like, you never know. All you need is one yes. Chances go up. Yeah. Also, uh, tell me if you agree with this. To me, almost always can you make a cold intro or outreach not as cold, like at least lukewarm, if not a warm intro. Meaning like if you look at their LinkedIn profile and you see some, some something you have in common with them or something, you can often like bring something up like that or like find some sort of common ground. Not every single time, but like oftentimes it doesn't have to be like this just, you know, mechanical I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, that's you though. I mean, not everybody has that wherewithal to do it, but you're very organized True. and detail oriented. So some athletes won't take that extra step, but it's definitely there for the taking now that everything's out there. So it's, I agree with you. You can make it as lukewarm as you want to based off of what you're willing to put in. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe that's my like little morsel on top of <laughs> your entire stack of, <laughs> of like amazingness that you've shared today. Okay. So first one, safe. Second one is name image likeness. You mentioned it earlier. Safer out. <sighs> safe. <laughs> safe. It's an athlete as a business, yeah. right? The, the difference here is what's a good versus bad. And I don't think those filters are solidified. I think it's still a little bit gray. So I think there's some room. That's why I was kind of like on the fence, but I think it is great. I think we just need to figure out what the structure needs to look like and have the athletes equipped on understanding the value of equity versus a check. Yes. And that authenticity piece, like you were talking about, like it's not a fake it till you make it. It's no, we should be thoughtful about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you bring value. So it's like, understanding what that looks like and is that where you want to be 10 years from now or not and guess what you don't get to take things back so once it's out there it's out there so it's yes because I, I definitely think being an athlete is a business and um it could be used in, in in the right way but I'm like iffy because it's still gray because it's new so anything new is yeah. gonna have that gray 
area to it. Yeah, completely fair. Okay. All right. Last one is bat flips. Safer out. Oof. <laughs> I don't know about this one out. I thought you would say out. Just like, because knowing like, you know, Maddie and you and like thinking about Allie, I just don't really see you guys having done that back in the day, yeah. but. No, we didn't. I, actually, Allie might have. Allie might have when I think Allie hit a grand slam in one of the games and like she was fired up. And she might have. She what? But I, it's like, I feel like you're, you're at that level, you know, fine. Yeah, like, this is Allie Gardner, by the way, for people who are <laughs> listening. They were talking about Florida alum, um, who's a great friend of Sam's. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit different, though, because, like, when you, like, just did something major like that, and it's just pure emotion. It's emotion. That, that's why I said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's cool. It's like the premeditated when you're up by nine runs where it's like, okay, what's happening? I feel like, you know, I feel like you can do the bat flip if you're, like, a Jocelyn. Yeah, yeah, Jocelyn Allo can do it. You know, she almost like bat flipped an intentional walk. Did you see that? Where she like before the pitch was even like caught. She's she was like, awesome, okay. and I love her personality. <laughs> and I just she's she's so humble. You can you can just tell she's genuine. It's just awesome because there's so many athletes like that now, and it, it it's just so refreshing. And it's humble, and it's the programs are growing, and they're being advertised. It's awesome. So. Yeah, that's why not? Fine, I change it to safe. <laughs> yeah, maybe same thing. Like just just do it in a, a way that's that's authentic and, and real. Yeah. But I mean, I'm excited for you to mentor and guide like the Jocelyns of the world. You know, like I can't wait to see what you do next. And this has been awesome. Thank you again for joining because this was a ton of fun. I knew it would be. Like this oh, is why we planned this. You know, but it was it was great. So thank you so much. No, you ask great questions, and I think these are important topics that. Um, I'm hoping that following this, if there's questions that kind of come up or whatnot, we'll take them on and we'll get back yeah. and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to it. Like I said in the beginning of our conversation, I love the ties in our community and the fact that we just had a mutual teammate at different points in our lives. You know, for me, it was college. For her, it was travel ball. But we have that shared connection that connected us. It's a cool part of softball, in my opinion. So with that, let's transition to the foul of the week. This week's foul tip is about vulnerability. And, you know, this theme has come up on the show before, and it's something that Sammy said that hit home for me around this topic. You know, she talked about not faking it till you make it, but being okay with failing, failing fast, and failing without caring what others think about you <laughs> until you make it. And I agree. I said it. I'll, I'll reinforce the faking it part is a distraction to me from what you're actually trying to do. You know, when I played sometimes before a big game, people would ask me like, hey, are you nervous? And I'd always say no, even if I was nervous, <laughs> because I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want it to reflect on me as weakness, I guess. And, you know, like when you're an underclassman, I didn't want to admit that I was nervous and look inexperienced while I'm trying to prove myself. But realistically, the faking it took up more mental real estate that I actually could have used for the game itself. And by not addressing how I was actually feeling, it just prolonged my ability to deal with it. And maybe that even bleeds over into the game, right? So it just ends up hurting you. But then when I admitted it more my senior year, 
it's not just when other people ask me though, but to myself, it allowed me to feel it, work through it and focus on the task at hand. And you know, and the results and the way I felt was naturally better. So how will you get to where you want to go without being honest about where you're at, right? Like it doesn't work that way. You can't start from this like mysterious place. You have to understand where it is you are. And earlier in the season, you know, on the show, Lonnie Alameda talked about how vulnerability has been key to Florida State success. That makes sense. Currently, side note, I'm reading Brene Brown's book and watching her TV show called Atlas of the Heart. And it's all about emotion, but specifically recognizing it within ourselves and being able to put language around how we feel so we can connect better with ourselves and then ultimately also with others. Super interesting, especially if you're a nerd like me or Sammy. But it just, it all connects to me because like Sammy said, you know, feel your feelings, then do the work to understand and navigate them after that, right? And give yourself a chance to actually get better and then ultimately have success. So that's it. Stay vulnerable. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com. And you can watch the videos on YouTube too. Subscribe, rate, and write a review for the show. This is key, guys. I would love, love, love it. I want to know what you think. I appreciate the support. And if you leave some questions or info there, I'll try to address them on the show too. Let's make it fun. And then you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. And you can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 or Instagram at JennaBacera as well. Thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.